from the inkwells of Noir. To the digital screens of today. The kids present the comic book character of the month. Welcome back, kids, and thanks for listening to this bonus edition of Comic Book Character of the Month. With this being Appendix N Month, we added in a bonus read for the month, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons comic. This comic was first published, Volume 1, Number 1, in 1988. Then, IDW Publishing received the rights to then publish in May of 2011, and re-release this original series. This would be the first foray into a comic book series for TSR teaming up with DC Comics. The first story arc, which are issues one through four. The creators of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons adhere to a very disciplined system of keeping story arcs to four issues, and thus making them pretty attractive to eventually be turned into a two-story arc graphic novel set or a set of eight issues. In our first issue, The Gathering, of this Advanced Dungeons & Dragons comic series, it's set in the Forgotten Realms, written by Michael Fleischer and Jan Dersima, drawn by Dersima and edited by Barbara Kessel. It introduced the heroes of the series, Sabriana of Shadowdale, Onyx the Invincible, Timoth Eisbright, and Vajra Vamiyar, as well as Priam Agravar, who would later be a hero of the related Forgotten Realms comic series as they would go ahead and branch that one off. In summary, an ancient evil rises and once again threatens the realms. Only a motley band of adventurers can stop it now. A surly dwarf warrior, his benevolent centaur companion, a gladiator who survived the Menshaka Arena of Blood, a fallen paladin, and a timid half-elf must somehow find a way to work together if the realms are going to survive the coming darkness. And to identify those names I'd said previously, your dwarf character, that surly dwarf, is Onyx the Invincible. The benevolent centaur companion is Timoth Eisbright. The gladiator who had survived the Manshaka Arena of Blood, that is Vajra Vamiyar, and the fallen paladin is Priam Agravar. The half-elf mentioned is Sabriana of Shadowdale. So, let's get into our story, and our story revolves around our main big bad, Emig Zoo. And the story arc introduces not only this adventuring party, but this song of Selun, and Emig Zoo's history is tied to this. Emig Zoo mystery was a matter of legend, set down in the song of Selun. It began with the wayward young goddess Selun traveled to another plane and was smitten by a mysterious and attractive warrior, a lord of his people. The stranger persuaded her to use her father's wand of power to transport him and his followers to Turil, where they planned to settle. However, once they landed, he revealed his true form and intentions. He was the monstrous Imigzu, and he and his people were intent on conquest and ruin. He seized her father's wand of power and intended to kill the deceived goddess. Fortunately, a brave young wizard named Ostis Agravar, who was riding by, raced to her rescue. Although the wizard was not powerful enough to defeat the monsters, he was capable of causing enough confusion and chaos that Selun could escape. The goddess, now freed from her subjugation, used the only thing she had left, 
her own life force. Draining her life force away, she imprisoned the monsters inside a pocket dimension within a gigantic moonstone, which should contain them for all time. She reduced the gem, now known as Selune's Eye, in size and gave it to Ostis for safekeeping. This is the premise behind this story and the story with which these four issues revolve around. And this story is done in flashbacks to let you, the reader, know what's going on and to give you that background story. But our first issue opens up with Imixu somehow managed to observe a shamanic rite in which the elves of Shadowdale extracted a dark spirit from the infant Sabriana, daughter of Ostis Agravar. Imig watched as the dark spirit transformed itself into a living being, an evil drow woman who took the name Kili. Imig forced a magical link with Kili, which allowed him to escape into the realms. However, he needed Sabriana and Kili together to release the rest of the people from Selyun's eye. Kili fell in with Imig, and together they hatched their scheme. Imig Zhu once forcibly transported the fire elemental Joga from his home plane to the world of Toro. Employing a lockstone, Imig then trapped the powerful fire elemental in the form of a weak dwarf which in turn bound him to Toril and furthermore used his Staff of Withering to drain the strength from Jogawa's limbs. Nevertheless, Jogawa was able to escape. Thus, Imig placed the Lockstone atop Stoner's Needle in the Sword Coast lands with a frozen greater basilisk as guardian. The Lockstone also proved the key to Jogawa's release. Its conditions were the passing of two centuries and to be touched by a living creature. Once these were met, it would restore withered or lost limbs to one who touched it and transform them back to their original form, but also awake the greater basilisk guardian. Jogawa feared the basilisk too much to make the climb up and take the lockstone. The Great Awakening. In the year of the dragon, 1352, riding a wyvern, Imigzu broke through the wall and the magical defenses of Ostis Hold and attacked the aged Ostis Agravar and his son Priam. If you recall, Priam is this fallen paladin. Imig crippled Priam with a staff of withering and slew Ostis with a death spell. Then he seized Selyun's eye and left mocking Priam for his crippled state and inability to threaten him. However, some six years later, Imigzu was yet unable to use the eye. By this time, he and Kili had joined forces with a Yunti, gargoyles, ogres, and a number of minions. In one day, in the year of the prince, 1357, Imigzu erected a magical tower, a day's ride north of Waterdeep and had his young tea and minions find and kidnap female elven magic users as he sought out Sibriana. Imigzu had determined that it was Kili's own sister, Sibriana, whose very presence would make Selyun's eye glow like the moon. Kili had her sport with those that were brought back, testing their power in magical combat and dispatching them with ease until she found her counterpart. The minions brought back Jalama, and two other elf women, but failed to capture Sibriana, with three killed in the process. For their failed deaths, Imigzu killed the leader of the minions. Then the city guard of Waterdeep discovered his tower. Imigzu sent his gargoyles to destroy them. Imig later used magic to contact his kin, who longed for release from Selyun's eye. Imgig promised that he was close to succeeding, and that he would soon release them to overrun Toril an event he called the Great Awakening. Later, after the Mingans had gone hunting for more victims and had been destroyed by Sibriana and her companions, Imgigzu observed Selyun's eyes glow like the moon, meaning Kili's sister was near his tower and had been found 
by the minions. Keely visited Sabriana and lured her toward Imgig's tower. Imgig's gargoyles snatched up Sabriana, then dropped Keely, rescued her with a ring of telekinesis, and Sabriana was taken into the lair. Her companions, Priam Agravar, Vajra Vamayar, Timothy's Bright, Onyx the Invincible, escaped the gargoyles and found other ways in. In the caverns beneath Imgig's tower, Sibriana was placed inside a cage as Keeley stood just outside. The proximity both to each other and to Selyun's eye caused the gem to glow even more brightly and to swell in size. He revealed to Sibriana the secret of his connection to Keeley, proclaiming his triumphs before an audience of his ogre minions. Imgig Zhu used the combined powers of the elven women and the stolen wand of power to open the eye and released his long-imprisoned people into the world to overrun and conquer the realms. Meanwhile, Sabriana's companions battled through the ogres into the cavern, but were ultimately subdued. Imgig gloated, threatening to kill Priam with the same spell of death he used to kill Ostis. But just then, the roof of the cavern tore open and the brilliant light of the full moon, the workings of the goddess Selyun via her avatar Luna, shone through, blinding the ogres. Sabriana urged her brother Priam to strike, and strike he did, slaying Imgigzu in the name of their father. At Imgigzu's death, the force cage faded, and Sibriana escaped. She grabbed Kili, and the two merged into a single being, the living key to Selyun's eye. The merged being vanished inside the gem, drawing all of Imgig's people back within, saving the realms from devastation. This was an exciting first four-story arc to introduce this advanced Dungeons & Dragons comic. There are a lot of high points to this one. In particular, the integration of actual game mechanics, real spells, the incantations, the references based on many of these characters' classes within this book is outstanding. It's really a great way for a young reader to get to understand how Dungeons & Dragons works from a game's mechanics perspective. And for that, this was just seamlessly integrated in. At the back of issues 1, 2, and 4, there were actually stat sheets for the various characters mentioned in the book, as well as some of the magical items and lore. Wonderful stuff, most of it written by Jeff Grubb, and really adds a lot of flavor to the entire experience. The art was very well done, very professional. I do have a big criticism, however, and I found the dwarf character, Onyx the Invincible, very distracting. And the reason being is because he is dressed up more like a court jester than he is what you would stereotypically think of as a dwarven warrior. He's got these balloon pants on that are striped and these big poofy sleeves and just looks absolutely ridiculous. But his personality, however, is typically dwarf and very fierce. It's really a contradiction and depiction. I'm wondering if that was purposeful by the creators, if they wanted to make whimsy of this particular dwarf, kind of poke fun at him or what the deal was, if they were just going for a fun-looking character, even though he was gruff, to basically balance out the character. I don't know, but nonetheless, I was not a big fan. However, the diversity within the party was fantastic. You had both men and women represented. You had the centaur in there. That was very cool. And really 
ahead of its time as far as that was concerned. It was really cool seeing an adventure party balanced, everybody bringing their talents to the table and being appreciated for those talents. Overall, I will say this origin story and arc was most enjoyable, and I would highly encourage you to read Advanced Dungeons & Dragons issues 1 through 4. In part 2, I will delve into issues 5 through 8 and the second story arc of Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons & Dragons. Dungeons & Dragons.